will now, let's stand together and worship.
search the world But it couldn't feel me Oh, man's empty praise Treasures of faith Are never enough Then you came along Put me back together Now every desire Is now satisfied Here in love Oh, there's nothing Oh, there's nothing Better than you There's nothing Better than you Oh, there's nothing Nothing is better than you Well, I'm not afraid To show you my weakness My failures and flaws Lord, you've seen them all You still call me free 
and let you do it. God, if you got graves that need to be turned into gardens, turn them. Start this morning. You got bones you need to turn into armies, God. We're ready. Send us. We'll go. You're the only one who can. So, Father, we're asking you to do that. Do what only you can this morning. Come invade. Come take hold. Come take control putting it in your hands. In your name I pray. Amen. Well, good morning. Good morning. My name is Gus Bishop, and I get the privilege of being one of the pastors here at the Vine Church. For those of you all that are joining us live and online this morning, we want to say a special welcome to you. Thank you for being here. We would love to hear from you. So give us a good morning in the chat box or interact however you feel comfortable and led to interact this morning uh, on Facebook and online. Um, I, I just want to point your attention to our digital uh, our QR code that's about to be on the screen. Uh, you've probably seen it as you walked in. If you're here, uh, that QR code, if you'll scan that with the camera of your phone, will take you to our digital online bulletin. 
And what's important about that is that is loaded with all the information you're going to need and all the things that you're going to need to help provide you with a more personal worship experience. And one thing in particular that we want to highlight is the digital connect card. Uh, we would love for you to fill out as much information as you feel comfortable uh, sharing with us on that digital connect card. And here's why. It gives us an opportunity to thank you for joining us, but also gives us an opportunity uh, to keep you updated on all the things that are happening here at the Vine Church. And there also, there is a place for prayer requests. Uh, and we'll get to that more prayer requests in a minute, but there's a place for you to fill out any prayer requests or prayer concerns or needs that you have or anything that you want to celebrate, anything that we can come alongside you and celebrate what God is doing in your own personal life as well. And if you're relatively new to the vine or maybe relatively new to your faith in Christ, uh, we have something designed specifically for you called Engage. Uh, and this is just a small group. It's a small group of people who are in similar situations where you can come and learn what it means to follow Jesus in the context specifically of our community here at the Vine Church. You'll learn about the history of the Vine and, and the future of the Vine as well. Um, you can get signed up for that by just clicking on the Engage tab or going to connecttothevine.org slash engage. Uh, we're going to continue right now in worship through the receiving of an offering. Uh, so for those of you that have given online or through automated giving, we want to say thank you for doing so. For those who maybe haven't had a chance to prepare your gift yet um, for this week, uh, you can do so now. You can do that in several ways. In just a moment, if you're here, our ushers are going to come forward and pass around a basket. You can place that in there. Uh, if you're not here, and you can simply click on the Give tab, or you can... Um, uh, Go to the uh, website, click on, or scan that code, actually. Scan that code, and that's going to take you to our secure give page. Um, as our ushers come forward, we just want to remind you of the two main reasons we give here at the Vine Church. The first is that we understand that every good and perfect gift comes directly from God. And so as we give back to Him, it's not out of this obligation. It's out of recognizing and acknowledging that everything was His to begin with. And the second reason he gives, it helps fund the mission of the Vine Church, which is making disciples, making disciples. And we want to celebrate that this, this, this holiday season, because of your generosity, our kids were able to put together 124 Operation Christmas Child boxes and deliver those. And that's going to take the gospel to kids all around the world. So thank you for participating in that, being a part of that. We do have a few announcements for you this morning. Uh, the first announcement is that tonight, Tonight at both of our locations, we are having our KidZoo Christmas FX experience. It's a drive-through experience and from 6 to 6.30. You don't want to miss it. If you have kids or you have grandkids, you want to bring them to this. It's going to be a fun time together. The next announcement we have is, uh, we said this last week, that starting next Sunday, we're going to be offering at our Flowery Branch campus a 9.15 and 11 o'clock service inside, uh, mass required. And then here, we're going to continue a 9.15 inside service mass required and outside at 11. We'll continue that. Christmas Eve is right around the corner. In case y'all didn't know that, it's the Christmas season. We're going to be offering services at both campuses at 3 and 4.30. You can reserve your ticket at connecttothevine.org. It'll uh, be a candlelight service at all of our locations and all of our services, and we are really excited for that during this season. During that last song, felt like the Lord was pressing on my heart. And I don't know if it's for somebody here. Maybe it's for somebody watching online or watch this later. But um, it's Thanksgiving season. We just had Thanksgiving. And, and I know for some of us, Thanksgiving didn't look the way that we wanted it to. And maybe, maybe there's someone who feels like there's not a lot to be thankful for. And if that's you, I, I just feel like the Lord wants you to know that you can be thankful 
is he sent his son Jesus so that you can have a relationship with him. So that you can be with God the Father all the time. And that is something to be thankful for. So don't give up because it doesn't feel like there's a there, there's gratitude or gratefulness. Like, don't give up. Be grateful anyway. Push through the season where maybe uh, you may feel a little down or a little depressed. Push through it. Be grateful. And watch his greatness show in your life. In just a few moments, Pastor Andrew's going to come off, come up here and kick off a brand new series called Do You See What I See? And I'm excited because I know the Lord has laid something special on his heart for us this morning. Um, before he comes up, let's pray together. Holy Father, we thank you that you are good. We thank you that above all else, above everything else that's happening in this world, nothing changes your character. You're always good. You're always with us. You're always for us. So this morning, may we just see, may what we see be that you're our Father and that you love us. Thank you for Pastor Andrew as he gets ready to come up and share what you have laid on his heart to share with us this morning. That you would give him a double anointing. That you would give him a double portion of your authority to preach the word that can be life-changing and life-giving to us. Give us ears to hear, to receive that not only will it just, just come in one ear and out the other, but that it would sit in our spirit and sit in our heart and in our mind as we reflect on it. We'll become more like Christ. And we'll share more Christ with the world around us. We love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everyone said, amen. church good it's good to see you it's good to be with you today for those of you i haven't met yet my name is andrew Irwin. i get to be one of the pastors here at the vine and i really am excited that i have the privilege and honor of connecting with you today as we do jump into a brand new message series called do you see what i see and what we're going to be talking about in this series is we're going to be taking a fresh look at what the original very first christmas looked like through the eyes of the people who were actually there and my hope is that this story that's become oh so familiar to us that we can see it with some fresh eyes that we can have a fresh angle on it and that fresh angle will lead to some fresh awe 
and wonder. We're going to be looking at some things that maybe you haven't seen before. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I loved the I Spy books. Anybody else like those when you were a kid, the I Spy books? So you go through and you find every single thing on the page. Yeah, this was a blast for me as a kid. I don't know if there's anybody here who's got kids who maybe would love one of these. Anybody? Anybody? Or maybe you would love one of these. Anybody? Anybody want one of these? I'm trying to give this away. Somebody help me out. There we go. Somebody in the back will take it off my hands. Thank you very much. I'm going to hold on to it to the very end of the service. I'll, I'll wipe it down for you, and then I'll deliver it. How about that? Yeah, outstanding. And so just like in an I Spy book where you kind of have to look from some different angles to find everything that's hidden on the page, we're going to be looking at some different angles of the Christmas story throughout this series. But before we get to that, I, I just have a survey question for you today. Here's the question. When is it okay to officially begin celebrating Christmas? Like, at what point can you begin celebrating officially without being the weirdo, okay? And here's, here's why I'm asking, okay? Because some people, some people begin celebrating a little early. Now, here, here's the survey for the day. If you are one of the people who says that as soon as Labor Day passes and the retail stores begin putting out Christmas, like, their Christmas supplies, is that when it's okay to begin celebrating Christmas? Okay, we've got, we've got some hands, Okay. How many of you are, you got to wait till after Halloween? You got to get through Halloween, people, okay? All right, got some hands there. How many of you are like, hey, we got to get through Thanksgiving? Okay, all right, we got to get through some Thanksgiving. A lot of people are responding with that. That's cool. Now, how many of you, it's like something specific that you do? Like for me, like there's certain things that have to happen in order for me to recognize that it's officially Christmas time. Like I have to have watched a Christmas movie in order for it to officially be Christmas time. Um, how many of you, like, you've got to have eaten one of those, like, Advent, Advent calendars? You've got to have opened the first calendar door and gnawed on the stale chocolate that's shaped like an elf's boot? Anybody? That's you? Okay, just curious. Yeah, that, that's interesting. I think there's all these different things that can serve as catalysts for us. Like, for me and my family, one of the things that we have to do for it to be Christmas time is that we have to participate in the Kidzu Christmas FX, which, again, it's happening from 6 to 6.30 today. Don't miss it. It's going to be a blast. It ushers in Christmas for my kids. And for me, when I think about, like, beginning stages of Christmas, when it's officially Christmas time— for me, one of the things that has to happen is I need to walk into a store and be slapped in the face by the smell of cinnamon. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I need to be able to go into a store and, like, even through my mask, I'm like, oh, I'm inhaling cinnamon. That means that it is Christmas time. And I think that stems from the fact that when I was a kid, my family and I would load up into the family minivan and we would drive down to Ocala, Florida, which if you're interested in where Ocala is— Look at the state of Florida. It's right in the middle, as far away from any beaches as you can possibly get. Thanks, Grandma and Grandpa, right? So we would go down to see Granny and Grandpa, Grandpa McGuire, and we would be in Ocala, Florida, where there's no beaches, but it's really hot and muggy. It was awesome as a kid. But the best thing about going down there was that we would walk in the front door, and it would always smell like cinnamon because Granny McGuire would have a fresh, homemade apple pie either in the oven or had just come out of the oven and it was a glorious smell the smell was so good that as a kid i didn't even like apple pie but i loved that smell which by the way it's still possible to love the smell of something and not think it tastes good because that's how i feel about coffee it smells glorious and tastes like dirt don't judge me okay it's christmas season no judgment all right now i, I think 
the reason I'm sharing all this with you is that today we're going to be looking at Christmas through the lens or the, the perspective of the shepherds. And if we are going to really, really understand the shepherds, it's not enough for us to understand what they saw. We need to understand how they smelled because scientists have done a ton of research on smell. And what they've determined is that our sense of smell it actually comes from a part of our brain called the olfactory nerve or olfactory bulb. And that bulb is actually connected to the parts of our brain that are tied to memory or experience. That's why if you've ever smelled somebody's cologne or perfume and instantly, instantly saw somebody's face come to mind or had a memory pop into your head or a moment or experience, that's why. It's because the sense of smell is so powerful. And it certainly was powerful for the shepherds and not in a good way you see the sense of smell that that we say it can be so powerful in a good way it can be so powerful in a bad way in fact i would say that the scent of the shepherd was intimately tied to the status of a shepherd see nobody wanted to smell like a shepherd then just like nobody wants to smell like a shepherd now like you can't go to bath and body works and be like i would like the shepherd scented candle please like no nobody requests that there's not a cologne to make you smell like a shepherd, because when, when you spend weeks on end out in the field keeping watch over your flocks by night, and you spend the night snuggling with sheep, you don't smell good, okay? They did not smell good, and, and it was sort of like that scent let everybody around them know that <laughs> these were not people of, of good high standing. In fact, it was sort of like a smell that, that emanated from them, letting everybody around them know that they were the lowest of low. In fact, nobody really pursued the, the art of shepherding. It's not a job that any little kid grew up going, you know what, I would like to be a shepherd when I grow up. In fact, for most people, it was a job that they took because they couldn't do anything else. In fact, the majority of people who performed the role of shepherd were teenagers who had failed at other crafts. Like they had tried to do whatever their father did and it didn't work out so well. And so they were sent out to the fields because they had to do something and I share this with you because I think the fact that the, the shepherds were the lowest of low actually makes their involvement in the Christmas story so beautiful and so profound, as we're going to see in our scripture for this morning. And so if you've got a Bible or a Bible app, I'm going to invite you to open with me to Luke chapter 2. Again, Luke chapter 2. And we're going to be reading, uh, picking up with verse 8. And I do want to let you know that if you are reading along on the YouVersion Bible app, that we have gone ahead of you and loaded all of our scriptures, all of our teaching notes, and even some reflection questions that are available for you in the YouVersion Bible app. They're also available in the digital bulletin. And so if you had already pulled that up, you can access all of that good information there as well. And so let's go ahead and jump into Luke chapter 2, verse 8. This is what it says. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. 
Man, I love this story. In fact, we're going to hear this story again on Christmas Eve because it's just so powerful. But I want to make sure that we catch it not from the eyes of God or the eyes of Jesus like we'll be discussing on Christmas Eve. I want to I discuss it through the lens of these lowly shepherds who are out in the fields doing what they always did. I like that they're, they're not even like the centerpiece of the story. Like they're centered around what's been happening with Mary and Joseph. It says basically in the same region where Mary and Joseph had tried to find a place to stay and had come up empty, in the same place they're bunkering down in a stable, there happens to be some shepherds who are out in the fields doing what they always do keeping watch over their sheep. And what I love is that these shepherds are just kind of going through the routine of life. They're just going through and doing what they always do. When an angel appears to them and says these amazing words, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, all the people. That's what I love about this. This is such a beautiful way for God to announce the goodness and holiness that is about to enter the world that is good news for all people. He says, I'm going to send this to the lowest of low. Why? Because if it's good news for them, it's good news for everyone. Good news for them meant good news for everyone. And in 2020, I think there's some people here, maybe you could... Use a reminder of the good news of Christmas. In fact, I don't think I can think of a year where we needed Christmas more than we need Christmas now. Because there's some of you who when you hear the phrase, do you see what I see, you're familiar with it because you've been asking that of God for a while. You've found yourself in a place where you have felt like you are the lowest of low. You've looked at your broken marriage and thought, Lord, do you see what I see? You've looked at the bills that are piling up and you've gone, Lord, do you see what I see? You look at your dead-end job and you go, do you see what I see? You look at the brokenness all around you and all you can think is, do you even see what I see? And if that's where you are, I want you to hear that God does see exactly what you see. And what he says is that there is good news for you. In fact, the Christmas story is good news for all of us because the story is basically God's way of saying that life is no longer about the best that you can do. It's about the best that he can do. It's not about the best that we can do. It's about the best that he can do working in and through us. Now, I I don't know if the shepherds understood the gravity of this moment. But their response, it's a blueprint for us to follow and how we should respond to the good news of God. And so I want to pick up reading with Luke chapter 2, verse 15. This is, what we, this is what happened next. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. 
man, these shepherds respond in such a beautiful way. The first thing that they do is found actually in verse 16. It says, and they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. So the first thing they do is they make haste. They make haste. They don't let anything stop them from going to find Jesus. And this actually seems to be the response of people all throughout the Bible. Like people who, who like have an understanding of who Jesus is, they make haste to get to him. Like there's a story in the gospels where Jesus is teaching and because it's, well, Jesus, there's like so many people crowding around him that there's no way to get to him. In fact, he's in this house and you get the sense that people are wall to wall. You can't even get in the door. You can't even look in a window to get to him. But these men have a friend who is, well, he's paralyzed. He can't walk. And they know that if they can just get him to Jesus, if they can get him to Jesus, that Jesus could heal him. And so they come to the house and they're thinking, we'll just take him to Jesus. But they can't get in. There's too many people there. And so they, they could have sat back and thought, okay, well, we'll just wait till the service is over. We'll wait till he's done teaching. No, that's not what they do. They make haste and they take him up on the roof and they cut a hole in the roof and they lower him down. Why? Because when it comes to getting to Jesus, we shouldn't saunter. We should go with haste. That's what a woman did. She, she had this uncurable condition and she saw Jesus out walking down the street and there was all these people crowding around him and bumping into him and she weaves through the crowd to get to him and when she gets to him she experiences healing why because she went with haste her haste led to her being healed there's a story of a blind guy who was living in jericho at the time when jesus was crossing through there and when he hears that Jesus is coming through, he begins shouting uncontrollably, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And some people have wondered, why does he start shouting that way? It's how he was able to make haste. Church, I know this season is full of busyness. You've got things that you need to get done this time of year. The Christmas to-do list is long, and I, I understand that. But here's what I would encourage you, that regardless of what's still left to do on your Christmas to-do list, make haste to Jesus. Regardless of what's still on your Christmas to-do list, make haste to Jesus. And if you're curious how you can go about making haste to Jesus, Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 25 that he, that he is the hungry and the thirsty and the stranger and, and the naked and the imprisoned. That's who he is. And so if you want to make haste to Jesus, well then serve the least among us. Feed those who are hungry. Give drink to those who are thirsty. If you see a stranger, welcome them. If you, if you, if you see somebody who's naked, clothe them. If you see somebody in prison, care for them. And a very tangible way that we can do that, church, is by partnering with iServe Ministries. Because iServe's ministry, what they do is they're, is they're trying to end generational poverty in our community. And that starts by reaching the next generation and ensuring that they have the things that they need. They begin with food because they want to feed the hungry. And, and you know what? A lot of the kids they're serving and I serve, they're, they're kids who don't, they don't have enough clothes. A lot of them feel lost and all alone. And a lot of them are in that situation because their parents are incarcerated. If you really want to make haste to Jesus this Christmas season, 
partner with iServe. It's your way of making haste to Jesus and finding him in a way that blesses him and blesses people around us, which as people who have been called to love God and love others, that seems exactly like what Jesus would want us to do this Christmas season. Now, the, the second thing that I think is just so beautiful that the shepherds do here after they make haste is they share their story. Listen to verse 17. It says, And when they saw it, they made known the saying that it had been told them concerning this child. So what did they do? Did they tell did they tell like a theological diatribe about all the nuances about how beautiful and majestic the coming Christ would be? Did they unpack all of the New Testament, look at all the prophecies? No. They just shared what they knew. They saw an angel, they heard what he said, and they shared it. Church, that's our call as well. We're called to share what we know about Jesus. Nothing more nothing less. And so if you know a lot about Jesus, then share a lot about Jesus. And if you don't know much, like if the only thing you know is you once were lost and now you're found, I once was blind, but now I see, if that's your story, then share it. Because you know what? We live in a culture today that's a post-Christian culture. We live in a world today that says, you know what? Prove it. We live in a world today where everybody wants to debate and everybody wants to argue and everybody wants to pick apart your theological belief system. But you know what? People can debate your theology, but nobody can debate your story. No one can debate your story. So share it. Share it. And, and I know that that can be hard. It's not, it's not easy. But when you have the opportunity, take it. When, when my family and I go out in public, we get a lot of funny looks, and not just because I'm funny looking, okay? We get a lot of funny looks because our youngest two children are foster kiddos. And they're not from the United States. In fact, they're Guatemalan. And so when my wife and I and our two, you know, very Anglo-looking American kids go out in public, and then we have our two foster kids with us, people try to put the pieces together in their brain, and they begin staring at us. And some of them are bold enough to actually ask us about our situation. They'll say things like, hey, did you adopt these kids? Or, or are these, like, foster kids? And and a lot of times, um, we'll, we'll kind of make that look, you know, when you have a, a husband or a wife and you make that eye contact of like, okay, who's taking this one kind of thing. It's one of those moments. And, and whoever takes it will we'll patiently, at least as much patience as we have as we're wrangling four children out in public and being asked questions about our family dynamics, we'll look at them and, and we'll explain, yes, we are a foster family. And, and, and the reason that we've come to the place where we explain that we're a foster family is we know that this is our responsibility. It's our responsibility to tell our story. So we won't stop with, yes, we're a foster family. We'll say, yes, we're a foster family because we are followers of Jesus and Jesus has changed our lives and we're convinced Jesus wants to change the life of every child in state custody. Now, a lot of times when people hear that, they, they don't really know how to respond. And to be honest with you, I'm okay with that. It's not my job to help them figure out how to respond. It's just my job to share our story. And whatever your story is, it's your responsibility to share it too. Now, 
the third thing that I, I think the shepherds did that, that we need to pay really close attention to, and I think that we are able to really like zero in on it because we're looking through the eyes of the shepherds, is found at the very end of our passage in verse 20. And it says this, And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And I love that. I love it. They experience God in an undeniable way. They, they experience an angel speaking to them. They get to go see Mary and Joseph and the newborn king. And it would have been easy for them to go, wow, what an experience. Can you believe we just got to, to live through that, that our eyes have seen that? Wow, that was good. All right, let's go back to the sheep. No, that, that's not what they do. They don't just turn their attention back to their sheep. They begin to worship and praise God. It says that they were glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Listen, when we experience the presence of God, our response should be to praise God. When we experience the presence of God, our response should be to praise God. Um, I, uh, I vividly remember the very first Sunday that we were able to begin gathering in person again after not gathering for months. I, I remember that first gathering vividly because I remember the first praise and worship song that our worship leader stepped up and began leading for us. And I remember looking around at all of you and hearing the praise and worship that can only stem from being in the presence of God. It was amazing. In fact, there were some of you, and you know who you are, who are not the most expressive when it comes to worship, and that's okay, no judgment. But there's some people who aren't that expressive in worship who all of a sudden on that Sunday morning had their arms raised. And there are people who I don't think I've ever actually heard them sing. I'm not saying they, did, they don't sing. I'm just saying I've never heard it before that Sunday. They were singing. They were praising God. They were glorifying God for what they had seen and what they had heard and what God had carried them through. Church, I, I had sort of a similar experience this morning. As many of you know, I tested positive for COVID-19 uh, about 18 days ago now. And I know because when you're in quarantine with four children, you count the days, okay? You are aware of how much time has passed. And, and what's interesting about my quarantine experience is that I, I was blessed that, that I had very mild symptoms that only lasted for about three days. And after that, it was just sort of the waiting game of making sure that nobody else in the family got sick, which they didn't, thankfully. And then just waiting out the quarantine season. And the hardest two days of our quarantine cycle were Sundays because we were able to gather online which many of you are today and we're so glad that you are here but we weren't able to come and be y'all and we missed you we longed for you yes we worshipped with you our spirit worshipped in spirit and truth as we joined online but we weren't able to be here we weren't able to experience you and to be honest with you it was really really challenging and we sort of, as a family, decided that we were going to take worship more seriously. 
because we now understand maybe what the shepherds came to understand that when you experience the presence of God and when you experience the presence of God's people your response should be to praise and no our praise shouldn't be limited to Sunday worship experiences our praise should carry out through all times and all places because everywhere we go and in everything we do Jesus is there he's alive active and working with us and for us but listen church I don't want you to miss the opportunity to praise God this season. That's why my hope and my prayer throughout the duration of this series is that you would take this Christmas season as an opportunity to make haste to Jesus, to share what Jesus is doing in and through you, and for you to decide that you are going to praise and glorify him in all that you say, and all that you do. And if you do that, I'm telling you, you'll share that same perspective the shepherds had, where they came to understand for themselves that God does see what we see because he is with us. Let's pray, church. Good and gracious God, we love you. We thank you for the greatness of your love for us. Our heart's desire today is to experience you in the fullness of your grace, your mercy, and your love. So Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us to decide that this Christmas, regardless of how much we have to get done, regardless of how things have gone this year, that we're going to make haste to you that you're going to be the priority for us above everything else, that nothing else will compare or compete with getting to Christ. And we know that one of the ways that we can get to you and experience you is by sharing our story because nobody can debate our experience with you. And Lord, as we share our story, may we praise you, not because of the outcome, but because of the privilege of being obedient to you above all else. And if there's anybody today who's joining us in person or online, who's, who's going, you know what? I'm ready to place my trust in Jesus. I, I'm ready to make haste to him for the very first time. I want you to know that you can do that. And when you make haste to Jesus, it no longer becomes about the best you can do in life. It becomes about the best he can do through your life. And you can, you can make that decision to place your trust in him and become a, his follower. You can make that choice right now by just praying this simple prayer. You can say it out loud. You can just say it in your heart. But just say, Jesus, I trust you. And I give you my life. Would you become the forgiver of my sins? And would you become the leader of my life going with me every moment of every day from this day forward. If today is the day that you've decided to place your trust in Jesus, I'm gonna invite you to respond right now. If you're here with me, I'd invite you to raise your hand. If you're online, I'd invite you just to either fill out the digital best decision ever card, which is on your bulletin, or just type it in the box and just say, today's the day. So if you're in the room right now with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, today's the day for you. Would you just raise your hand so we can celebrate that decision with you? 
Father, for all those who have prayed that prayer in the past, we give you thanks, honor, and praise. And we ask that you would help us to experience you in the fullness of how you love us this Christmas season. We love you. And it's in Christ's holy name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Well, church, I'm gonna invite you to stand as you are able as we go into a time of praising God and glorifying him in our closing song. Let's stand and sing together.
when the night is holding on to me. Oh, God is holding on. Yes, when the night is holding on to me. Oh, God is holding on. We have a few ways that you can respond uh, to this morning's service. We'll have a communion available for those who have repented of their sin and commit to live like Christ. Uh, we'll also have some people up here to pray with you for any prayer concerns or anything that you just uh, want to celebrate as well. Uh, we'll have people available to pray with you this morning. Um, outside of that, we just hope you have a, a great day today, a great Sunday, and know that the Lord is with you. He is for you. And if that is the case, that no one can be against you. Amen? Have a great, great week.